the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. For every $25 you bet on college basketball, WinBet is giving you a chance to win a trip to Las Vegas for March Madness and $1,000 in free WinBet credits. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Ross, we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Ross, we're brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, make sure you download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday evening, February 28th. Currently 637 on the East Coast here to break down the Tuesday night schedule and also get into some news and notes from around the NBA and joining me as usual to break it all down on this Monday evening. My main man on the East Coast, Zach Broner. Zach, how you feeling this Monday evening, my man? I'm doing well, bro. Good to be on the show. Uh, we, had, we were talking before. Uh, I had a fun uh encounter with an unnamed nba player last night at dinner uh we will we'll leave it at that but it was a pretty cool moment uh and uh reminder of how big how big these uh personalities are um and then we were also talking a little bit of vegas a little bit of vegas food before yeah. the show uh so maybe potential nba gambling podcast vegas situation we'll see about that but i know you were talking you watched some odds being made today for the nba slate tomorrow or something like that yeah, so I think our presenting sponsor, you know, we're partnered with WinBet, and I think they started something uh, brand new. Um, and if I'm not, if they've started this recently or I'm just catching on to it, but they have around, I want to say around 3 p.m. Eastern time or uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time, their odds makers from their trading room do like a live Periscope stream of they them actually like, putting out the lines for the next day. So today I was watching it around four, I think it was like 4 PM Eastern time. They had four guys on there. They were just kind of talking through the games for the Tuesday night schedule, six games. They went through each game by game. Um, They talked about, you know, key injuries. They talked about how a team has done recently and they came up with a number for their books um, to put out. And then I think that's kind of how it started because when bet, is usually the ones that are putting them. And I think bet online, the offshore are really the first one that kind of put up the betting lines for the next day in the NBA. At least that's what I've noticed. And that's kind of what you and I, Zach are kind of going off of. So it was kind of cool to see how they kind of go through the process. Obviously they don't want to give too much away uh, on how they come up with their lines. But I think that a lot of the guys have a model and, and they just kind of plug it into their, their sheets um, and, and their and their formulas or whatever they have and spit out a number. They discuss what number each person kind of came up with and they come up with a consensus number and they kind of put that number out there. So it's pretty cool to see. I think they do it every day around that time. So uh, if I see it again tomorrow, I'll retweet it out on my Twitter and then, you know, people could kind of chime in and see what they think. Yeah, that sounds cool. I'll definitely check that out. And it's one of those things, like you said, what I love about SGPN is like every different 
person in the Slack channel or in the or different podcast hosts, they all have a different approach. Yeah. Like you're talking about the wing guys, they make their own models. I know you make your own numbers. Some mm-hmm. people are more, they'll react to the numbers. Some people, you know, I think of Sean, like he'll bet the Eagles, took him all the way to a Super Bowl. I'm sure he made a ton of cash off that. So it's like, yeah, everyone does their own thing. And uh, obviously WinBet does their own thing with making the numbers that you saw. Um, but it's all in good fun. So that's pretty cool. I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, th- yeah, they do it daily, I believe, and uh, it's pretty cool to uh, see how they just kind of and they're really it's really rapid fire. They do it. It's been maybe like thirty minutes to an hour, or sorry, th- uh, thirty seconds to a minute on each game, and they kind of wrap it up like in about ten minutes span, depending on how like or how many games are on the schedule. So yeah, definitely check it out. I'll try to retweet it out tomorrow. Um, Zach, let's get to some things that are happening around the NBA. We have guys. Um, still that are dealing with some injuries. We're hearing some rumblings and news of potentially guys coming back. And I want to kind of start here with uh, Paul George first. Um, Initially, when we heard about the elbow injury, he said, or the Clippers organization said that they were going to reevaluate him three weeks from that time. I think this was all the way back. I want to say it was December or early January that they were going to kind of give him some time off, reevaluate him in three weeks. And now, as of, I think, over the weekend, we heard the Clippers saying that Paul George needs more time to kind of deal with this elbow injury. Um, kind of want to get your thoughts on if you think that even if we're going to see him return this season, uh, Clippers have been holding the ship uh, abroad, I guess we can say, without Paul George and obviously Kawhi Leonard. But what do you kind of think of this whole Paul George situation with the Clippers? Yeah, so I, I've been definitely uh, I've been saying this in the in the Slack channel all year. It seems to me like it's the year of the reevaluation, where, like in quotes, obviously intentionally, every injury that pops up, we're not getting firm timelines. We're getting like it'll be this amount of time before a reevaluation, and then that, that yeah. time make a decision. So I think NBA teams obviously well within their right to kind of take their time with some of these things, and they don't want to put pressure on a guy, especially with how we're seeing like the media take more and more personal shots at players for like their toughness and they, how much they want to win. Like, I think it's actually respectable to take this move where it's like, no, we're going to, we're, we're not going to let you know like when they should or shouldn't come back to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with Paul George, I mean, I think for the Clippers, it's at, like you said, admirable how they got to this point, 32 and 31 um, in that eight spot. And they've opened up a, a three and a half game lead over the Lakers who have lost a couple straight coming out of the all-star break. So yeah. Ty Lue, Again, obviously, one of my favorite coaches in the league. Maybe, in my estimation, the best coach in the league. I mean, we could we could we could talk about that at a later time. But for them to be a game more five hundred, another game against the Rockets on the slate tomorrow after they beat them uh, last night, you know, back to back in Houston. Yeah. Um, so, my, I mean, my question to you: It seems like Paul George probably will come back at some point, maybe before the playoffs. Um, it's hard to know, but. I, I mean, I, I think we can agree they are, they are a lame duck if they get into the playoffs without him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be an impressive story, but obviously likely facing Phoenix or Golden State in the first round it would not go far. But if Paul George does come back, does this team scare you at all if you're one of the Western Conference favorites? I would be scared because they did make some noise last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I know they did have Kawhi for, I think, the first two rounds until um, in that Utah series where he – First round and a half, they had him. Uh, right, yeah, and then yeah. you know, obviously, lost him for the rest of the season. Um, it, it's crazy to think that, and if we kind of take a look around the league, Zach, that if we took the two best players off, let's just talk about the Western Conference. If we took the two best players off of each team, let's say Chris Paul, Devin Booker, 
Anthony Davis, LeBron James, obviously Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. I don't think any other team would be in the position that the Clippers are in right now. And that kind of tells you how good of a roster that they do have. And with all with with, with the turnaround that the 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 Cavaliers have made this season with with the Chicago Bulls, you know, why or fight, fighting for that number one seed in the Eastern Conference. I think Ty Lue has to be in that conversation for coach of the year just because of what he's been able to do, keeping this team at above 500. They're in the playoff race. And as far as the playoffs go, yeah, if you get Paul George back, you know, I think that they can maybe win a round and give a challenge to another team in the round in, in the second round in the semifinals. But I, I don't think that they would obviously make it very far without their two best players. And from what I read from the Paul George injury, I, I could be mistaken. So don't quote me on this. That is said that it might be a quote unquote Tommy John thing. So if you're related, if you, if you know about baseball, that Tommy John, if you need Tommy John surgery, you're pretty much shut for at least 12 to 18 months. And obviously it's different in baseball because you know, you're it, it, with pitchers using your arm, your elbow and all the things that's, you know, while well, pitching, but in NBA, it's completely different. But you know, if they're going to get Paul George back at some point, number one, how long is it going to take for him to get acclimated up to game speed again and kind of get his conditioning back. And number two, how's, how much is the elbow injury still going to affect him while he's shooting the basketball? I think the roster is so great with guys like Reggie Jackson, with Norman Powell, the Rocco, with Zubach, uh, with Nick Batum. I mean, this this the supporting cast is really great. It can get you a couple games in the playoffs. You add Paul George in the mix, maybe they could get a round one victory, but I don't think they'll get anything past that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect them to even get a round one victory just because they're probably going to still be in that eight spot. Um, that, and just me just being generous, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if they were somehow to crawl up into, into you know, facing a Memphis in the first round, I could see it. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you that they would be that caliber of team, obviously having the pe- kind of regular season penalty of seeding that would likely prevent them. But, mm-hmm. look, they had that formula that really worked well in the Western Conference final and the Western Conference playoffs last year. Remember, I mean, they, they took the Suns to six yeah. um, with Paul George getting hurt in that series. Um, and, and in that game one, too, like it looked like they had a chance that could have changed the entire course of that series for Devin Booker, I think, went off for like 40 points in that game one. But, um, yeah, if he does come back, it'll be interesting and give us another exciting series. So um, that'd be cool. But, yeah, Ty Lue, definitely coach of the year consideration. And uh, I know we might want to talk about another team that potentially has stars calling back for the playoff race. Yeah, another team that's been, you know, holding or – been playing well without a couple of guys on their roster has been your one of the teams you follow closely is the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, they lost another player in the playoffs last year, Jamal Murray to a torn ACL. Um, expecting him, to, expecting Jamal Murray to be back at some point during the season, we just don't know. I did see a note that came across uh, this morning about Michael Porter Jr. that he is participating in, I think, on-court activities. Um, so they may be getting him back very soon. So right now, the Denver Nuggets sitting at the number six spot in the Western Conference, 36 and 25. They're uh, tied for the fifth spot with Dallas, uh, about two and a half games out of fourth, uh, fourth place behind the Utah Jazz. Um, Jack, I'll kick this one to you, man. Let's just say they do get Jamal Murray back and Michael Porter Jr. back. What's kind of the ceiling for this team in the Western Conference? I think the ceiling is uh, a championship for them if they if they get those guys back. Um, it's really amazing how they've kind of stayed solid to get to this point. A lot of guys stepping up and punching above their pay grade and playing really well. Uh, listening to, I was listening to the uh, Locked On Nuggets podcast today. They were saying that uh, the Nuggets – 
have the same record with Nikola Jokic this year as last year uh, through 55 games, other than the one and four they are with him out of the lineup this year. It just like shows how well he's kind of managed this team. Um, yeah, I think getting Murray back would be the one that would push them into that like complete title uh, contender conversation if he's at like you know 75, 80%. Porter, to me, he look, there's still questions about his fit in Denver. Like he wasn't playing well in the beginning of this year. Um, I don't know how much he elevates you above the kind of style they have going right now, which they seem to be really humming. Uh, they've won, I think like 14 to 17, uh, six straight, eight and two in their last 10. Um, and now tied with Dallas. Um, I, it was also kind of interesting how the Michael Porter Jr. return story came from his agent telling Woj and then, Michael Malone shot it down. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that. Like yeah. it was kind of a little bit of mix up between the team and the agent. So that was interesting. Um, but uh, another question here is, would you rather be, would you, would you want to get that five seed? Like if the bracket stays the same um, and Memphis is quietly only a game and a half behind golden state, who's five and five in their last 10 and, and mm-hmm. clays out again tomorrow night. We'll talk about that with a slate. Um, but I feel like I would much rather be in the sixth spot facing Golden State or Memphis in the second round um, or, or having those be your teams than getting up to five and playing Utah and then Phoenix. I mean, what about you? Like, I, I'd rather be probably, I think I'd rather be sixth and five. Um, so it goes three, six, and then two, seven, right? In the second yeah. round. So feasibly, if, if things stay the same in your Denver, you would either be facing Utah and then Phoenix okay. or Memphis and then Golden State if favorites held. And I would want you upset Memphis. I would want Utah and then Phoenix. Personally, for wow. me, I don't think Utah. And I think we've told and, and I, uh, Terrell has been a very advocate on this. Is that this? There's something not right with this Utah Jazz team. And I think that what we've seen in the past for them, you know, obviously they don't have Joe Ingles. This, this team, Mike Conley has taken a step back as well. I mean, he's getting older, right? This Utah team right now, I would want them in the first round and then take on Phoenix in the second round. Um, I think Denver, if they get those two guys back, I think they can easily take care of business against Utah. I don't think that's a big claim this year for me, but you know, Utah season and over the past couple of years, we've seen them hovering around that number one or number two seed. And they've also dealt with injuries, right? They lost Joe Ingles, eventually traded him to Portland. Um, and this just feel like this team has kind of taken a step back. And I think this is going to be a team in the off season. That's going to have a roster, a significant roster turnover. They need to get somebody next to Donovan Mitchell as another superstar, or he's going to be the next guy from a market like Utah that wants to leave and go play for another team. So Denver for what they've done without Michael Porter jr. For majority of the season and what they've been able to do without Jamal Murray for the entire season, Nicola, the Joker is playing at even better level than he was in his MVP season last year. And that's crazy to think about it. Right. And I think that, the Joker, I think, should be in that MB or is in that MVP conversation right there with Joel Embiid. But what what Joker and some of the supporting cast has been able to do in the Western Conference, it, it's crazy to think. And again, Mike Malone, you got to give him a lot of credit as well, Zach, because this team right now, for them to be eleven games above five hundred in the sixth spot in the Western Conference, that's that's not easy to achieve when you don't have your second and third best players. So um, if they get those two guys back, I think they can make some noise in the Western conference, but I think Memphis, Memphis, a healthy golden state team and Phoenix are uh, just on a whole nother level right now in the Western conference. 
So I, I thought we were talking about Denver, but I, I do want to, I want the people to take note of the uh, ha- hashtag take note of uh, the, yes. the jazz, the jazz slander right there. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm not, I'm not someone who's loved the jazz in the past. I think they are kind of flying a bit under the radar right now. Okay. Um, as a team that came into the season right there, obviously in that top tier, get out to a racing start to the season. And then they had that two and 11 stretch where they had a lot of injuries. Uh, Gobert and Mitchell both missing time quietly won eight of their last nine and beat Dallas and at Phoenix. Obviously they're kind of stumbling out of the break with uh, Chris Paul out, but yeah, I think the Western conference, I think we're, I think we're going to see a couple, uh, you know, teams like a Utah or a Denver or a Dallas, um, be just as much factors in the West as, as some of these top teams. Um, okay. But yeah, in terms of Denver, hopefully get those guys back. I think it's interesting that Porter is going to get back before Jamal Murray. I feel like most people probably would have flipped that. It seemed like Murray was coming back like ahead of schedule mm-hmm. and then Porter was going to be out for the season. Now Porter is going to be back and we haven't heard anything about Murray. Um, but they, they have, they've stabilized the ship. They have enough and they have a pretty, you know, a really easy schedule coming out of the break so far. They, play, they played Sacramento twice and and Portland, and then they play OKC and Houston um, in their next two games. So a good chance to kind of stack some Ws and, and build more of a cushion over Minnesota to stay out of the play and that's at four games right now. So as long as they stay at six, I mean, I would not want to face them, especially if I'm like a Memphis. Yeah. Um, I think Memphis is going to have a lot to prove in the first round, whoever they play. Like, it's going to be really interesting to see how legit they are. Um, as that three seed, a chance to get to the two seed. Um, with, but um, I think most people would probably still take a Denver or a Dallas or a Utah over them. It sounds like maybe you wouldn't, but we could maybe leave that conversation for another day. I don't know. I don't know. We want to keep going for forty-five minutes on Memphis, how real Memphis is. I think Memphis is a legitimate contender this year, and well, wow. eventually, I think they're going to get Dylan Brooks back. Uh, and we talked about this this morning on the NBA Gambling Podcast briefly. Is that you know. Terrell is one person on the, on the NBA gambling podcast crew that is very high on this Memphis team. He said he sees this team um, in the Western Conference Finals at least. And, um, you know, I don't disagree with it because I think there's the Western Conference is a lot more wide open uh, than it has been in the past. Um, obviously, Phoenix and, and, you know, Golden State has been dominant all season long. But once you get into the playoffs, going game by game in a seven-game series, it's very difficult to eliminate teams. And I think those top three teams right there that I just said, I think they're, they are going to be very tough outs. Um, you know, defensively for Memphis, Triple J has been outstanding for them. He's gone as one of the favorite or third favorite in the Defensive Player of the Year award. Eventually, you're going to get a perimeter defender in Dylan Brooks back as well. John Morant is a guy who's from another planet. He's just playing outstanding basketball. And I think that, you know, the experience that they got when the play-in tournament over the past couple of years – they kind of have that taste of success or have that taste in their mouth of wanting some type of success and, and getting into this playoffs. And I think we're in a, we're in a season where, like I mentioned, the Western conference is a lot more wide open. So, um, I mean, Zach, if you had to pick a team between the Denver Nuggets and Utah jazz or the Dallas Mavericks to, I mean, from those three teams to kind of, which team would you put as that fourth best team in the uh, Western conference? Assuming everybody's healthy. WR on mute. Assuming Porter and Murray are back. Yeah. I would I would take Denver out of those three. But okay. uh, but but they're all what's interesting is I think Utah is like the best team, the best regular season team. Dallas has 
the best playoff player, I would probably say in Luca. Yeah. As much as I love Jokic. And I think I Denver has the best like culture of winning. Like I, I trust them the most to win and like they could pull off an upset, that kind of thing. Um, but it's going to be, I think between those, see, I would, I would lump in Memphis with those teams in terms of okay. like chasing Golden State and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, Golden State, Phoenix both have to get right, but assuming they do, I would put them ahead and I'll put every, everybody else kind of in the same tier, maybe even with the Lakers if they can turn around, although I am starting to lose a little bit of faith in, in that uh, in that belief. It might um, be but, time to jump off that boat, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> it might be it might be about that time. We uh, I'm going to hang on for a couple more days at least. Okay. Need, need, my, need my boy Austin Reeves out there a little bit more. <laughs> um, but that, that uh, also just that, that John Morant 360 spinning layup, that 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 was like doing that in game that that smoothly. That he's just he is the most fun player to watch in the NBA right now. I, I think that's pretty. Like, is that indisputable? He's absolutely no. ridiculous. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's absolutely that. That's three sixty spinning layup was just something else. So it seems um, like he does that every single night. Yeah, and then like also the first game out of the All Star break, he what, he pulls his hemi and then he like gets like limps off the court, comes back like five minutes later. He's just yeah. a legend. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in the playoffs. They're they're gonna have to prove themselves. Young team, hungry team, and going up against a lot of more. You know, everyone else in the West is pretty experienced, right? You have a Chris Paul led team, a Jazz team that's been there every year. You know, your Mavericks we've seen in the last two years, and you have Jokic. So. And then LeBron possibly, so it's gonna it's gonna be cool. Minnesota also would be in that group with Memphis if they get in. Yeah, I mean Minnesota's also been playing well. Um, it finally seems like they've figured things out in Minnesota with Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, D- uh, D'Lo. And I think we have to give Chris Finch a lot of credit for what they've been able to do on the defensive side of the basketball. Uh, it's just a pure improvement that they've had from last season to this season. I think Pat Beverly has a lot to do with that as well. The commitment that they do have on defense. Um, and that's kind of what's propelled them to, you know, at least be in playoff or play in tournament contention for the Minnesota Timberwolves. But um, one more uh, news item or story from over the weekend has been the, uh, I guess the MVP form or the uh, I'm going to say overreaction of James Harden and what he's been able to do with the Philadelphia 76ers in their first uh, two games here since the big trade that happened uh, with the trade uh, at the trade deadline between Ben Simmons and James Harden um, made his debut against the Minnesota Timberwolves last week. They blew them out uh, by, I think, what, 21, 21, 25 points, something like that. Uh, James Harden, I think, yep. dropped a triple-double in that game. They came back on Sunday and took care of business against the New York Knicks. Uh, Zach, I want to get your reaction first of what you've seen so far from the Philadelphia 76ers, in particular, James Harden and Joel Embiid, and now how the fitting looks early on in the two games so far for those two guys. Yeah, the, the fit early on looks seamless. James obviously playing phenomenal. Um, the, the counting stats he's put up in these two games, and it's been unbelievable. And then you get the two huge wins, and I think the mojo is really high in Philly. Um, it looks like, you know, Tyrese Maxey also playing a little bit better than I think most people expected how he's been able to be efficient playing mm-hmm. off of Harden. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to reserve my judgment on this team. I mean, now that I think, like, I feel like we, we look back on this trade and how we reacted to it. I think a lot of people, there, there wasn't any separation of the regular season and the playoff discussion in turn, or at least for me, I, I think I made that mistake. 
And I didn't really comprehend. I didn't really take the second to be like in the regular season, this pairing, they're going to absolutely, first of all, they're going to live at the free throw line, which they've been doing. Yeah. Both these guys get foul. Like they're both basically built a career and extreme offensive efficiency of their ability to get to the line at will. That's borne out. Like that was the narrative coming out of the Knicks game. They're living at the free throw line. Um, and they're just crushing people like, you know, them two together and beads playing well off of him. I still think that all the questions about them, those were playoff questions, right? right. I, I, I wish I would have stopped to say that um, at the time. So I'm, I'm going to reserve my judgment, but look, they, they look really, really potent together. And in terms of the Eastern conference standings, they're only a game and a half behind Chicago for the two seed to, or, or a game and a half yeah, behind Chicago and two and a half games behind Miami. So they're very much in play for a one seed and, the Eastern Conference seating just going to be so interesting because of the Nets lingering at the eighth spot. But yeah, yeah. From, from a regular season perspective, I think it's going to be phenomenal. I'm just waiting to see what it looks like, you know, in the second round when when things get tough. Yeah, they combined for 37 free throws against the New York Knicks on, on Sunday afternoon. And I think for me, uh, I think Tyrese Maxey is probably the biggest beneficiary of this trade that's kind of happening you know, James Harden has taken on that point guard duties for the Philadelphia 76ers, but in the two games so far um, since the trade or since James Harden has played for the Philadelphia 76ers, Maxie's had 28, both, both games he scored 20 plus points. He had 28 against the Minnesota Timberwolves and then 21 against the New York Knicks on Sunday in New York. And, you know, he's been efficient. He shot 75% against Minnesota, 57% from uh, the field against the New York Knicks, 60 plus percent in both of those games from three point land. So I think that if Maxie's able to keep up some this type of level of play and and provide that third scoring option for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers, you know, look out for this team. I mean, you know, a lot of people are saying that they don't have a, a bench. Um a good bench, I guess we can say for lack of better words. But you know, when it comes to the playoffs, the rotations really shrink, right? Some of these coaches go to seven-man rotations or eight-man rotations, and I think that the Sixers may be okay. But like you said, when they get to the second round, maybe when they're playing a team like, who knows, the Brooklyn Nets or Chicago Bulls or even Miami in that second round, that's when the t- the, the test is really going to begin for this Philadelphia 76ers team. Yeah. And I think that's what we're both most looking forward to and how it kind of pans out with Joel Embiid and James Harden. I still think they are a year away um, from adding some additional pieces, whether it's on the bench or surrounding uh, with James Harden and Joel Embiid. But so far, the early results look pretty good for this team, but I'm not going to base my judgment off of two games versus um, you know, the Timberwolves who are on a back-to-back situation and who haven't won back-to-back games since November in that game. And then against the New York Knicks who, you know, the Knicks have not been the Knicks of what they were last season, but um, you know, Knicks were competitive in that game, but again, they, they yeah. lost it in that fourth quarter late as they did against Miami as well, the previous game. So uh, definitely will be interested to see how this kind of pans out for the Philadelphia 76ers. Anything else uh, for the Sixers here or anything else you want to touch on Zach, before we get into the Tuesday games? Now let's, let's get to the slate. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back and then we'll dive into the Tuesday night schedule for the NBA. WinBet has a massive college basketball contest. The grand prize winner will receive a reserved seating area for seats at the world-renowned Win Las Vegas race and sportsbook for early round action of the college basketball tournament Thursday, March 17th and Friday, March 18th, as well as two rooms at Win Las Vegas for a two-night stay. In addition, they will be rewarded with $1,000 in free bets on WinBet. 
any WinBet patron that places a $25 minimum wager on college basketball during the promotional period will become eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There is no limit to the number of entries that a patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron wagers $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they will receive 40 entries. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, coming off of the break, we have a six-game schedule in the NBA uh, on Tuesday night. So let's just dive right into these games here, Zach. Uh, let me pull up the injury report here quickly for tomorrow night. But the first game on the board we have is the Detroit Pistons headed to the nation's capital against the Washington Wizards, where the Wizards are a four-point home favorite, and the total right now is at 219. Uh, Let's check the injury report for both of these teams here for the Detroit Pistons. Marvin Bagley is questionable. Hamadou Diallo is doubtful with a left ankle sprain. I think he suffered that against the Charlotte Hornets uh, the other night. Uh, Frank Jackson also questionable for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, for the Washington Wizards, pretty clean injury report. We already know that Bradley Beal is out for the season and KP continues to be out for the Wizards. But, Zach, let's start with the side here. Minus four for the Washington Wizards hosting the Detroit Pistons. Yeah, this does feel a little bit light to me. Uh, the Pistons, you know, compete with Boston, um, beat Cleveland, and obviously beat Charlotte coming out of the break. Like, they've been kind of a bright spot going two and one since. Um, and a, like a really fun win in Charlotte. Looks like kind of they're starting to kind of figure it out. Jeremy Grant is back to playing well. Uh, Sadiq Bay really got off with the jumper in that Charlotte game as well. But this feels like a bit of an overreaction to me. Um you know, the Wizards have dropped two coming out of the break, but you have that insane double overtime game against the Spurs um, mm-hmm. where offensively they, they they did play well, uh, put up over 29 points in each quarter um, in that game. And then against the, the, the Cavaliers where they got absolutely bottled up on the offensive end um, by, by the Cavaliers' front line. Um, but four points at home, I mean, what have the Pistons done to kind of earn this respect? Washington's not good by any means, but um, they're, they're still been far closer to average than, than Detroit throughout this season. And uh, four points is, is nothing. So I'm going to bet that this Piston streak is uh, short lived. I mean, you already see the fans as well, like saying like, we need to stop winning um, <laughs> and that narrative coming out. But yeah, give me Washington here. Uh, minus four. Yeah. This number feels uh, pretty light here as well. I agree with that. Um, you know, uh, Detroit did come or coming off the buzzer beater by your boy Kelly Olynyk there against Charlotte. Um, they are three and eleven straight up after a win this season. Are the Detroit Pistons against huh. the spread here? I, I'm trying to see the number here quickly after a win. Uh, Detroit Pistons are five and nine against the spread after a win. So, yeah, this number does feel light here, Zach. I agree with you. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, yeah. It, in my estimate, it should be around maybe six out to seven points for this Wizards or for, for this game. Um, you know, Detroit, like you mentioned, they, they came off the double over or the overtime victory over uh, the Charlotte Hornets the other night. They got a victory the other night as well against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. But I think we probably need to pump the brakes a little bit. But yeah, give me Washington minus the four here. Uh, 
feeling on the total. I'm looking possibly to go under on this game. Uh, not much there for me, but any thoughts on the total here? Uh, nah, not really. Uh, yeah, I, w- I would lean under at 218, um, but not much. All right. Um, let's move on to the next game of the night. We have the Atlanta Hawks headed into Boston to take on the Celtics where the Celtics have opened up as a five and a half point favorite total currently sitting at two twenty-seven and a half. Uh, let me check the injury report for both of these teams for the Atlanta Hawks. John Collins continues to be doubtful for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, right foot sprain is the official diagnosis for him. Lou Williams is also out for the Atlanta Hawks, um, for the Boston Celtics, Pretty clean injury report. Uh, seems like this is the t- or this has been the time where they've been the most healthy, Zach. So let's start with the side here. Minus five and a half for the Boston Celtics hosting the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game just because of the complete contrast of styles. Um, Atlanta, their offense in that first game off the break against Toronto looked absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, Trey going for 41 and 11. I think they shot... Yeah, 58% from the field, 42% from three um, in that game against uh, Toronto. Put up a 27-point win. Boston, coming out of the break, they've been pretty inconsistent. Uh, You get that big win against Brooklyn, but then barely beat Detroit. And then kind of predictable, I thought, lose in Indiana um, on the second night of back-to-back. They are healthy um, in this John Collins situation, a little bit concerning. Um, But I'm going to take Atlanta here. I think it's a, a a team that I really want to bet on down the stretch of the season. They know they need to keep winning for seeding. And um, I, I, I've said this all year, but I'm, a, I'm very much a believer in them kind of still having that team within them um, that, that they were at the end of last season, as, as long as they can kind of access that point. I think they're desperate to, to win games here and try to play at that playoff level. I mean, basically every game's a playoff them playoff game for them going forward. Five and a half is a good amount of points. Um, and definitely in a uh, dog territory for me. And curious what you think on this total. Cause I think it's like, if Atlanta wins, it's going to go over and, and yeah. Boston's going to try to shut them down. So what, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah. I, I like Atlanta here. This is the fourth, uh, fourth matchup this season between these two teams The previous three games. Um, Atlanta has won two out of the three games here so far back to November 17th. So I'm sorry, this is a third matchup. Um, and they've split both of them. Atlanta, Won the first one in on their home floor, 108-92. And then Boston won on their home floor, 105-95 <laughs> um, in that game. So, you know, at this point of the season, you know, Atlanta, like you said, we talked about this on the Sunday pod, the bonus pod that we did is Atlanta is a team that I want to bet on for the rest of the season for all the reasons that you just mentioned, right? They're going to be fighting for that playoff positioning. Um, so, again, you know, no John Collins, but that's okay. I think that Boston, you nailed it, that they've been very inconsistent, right? They're, they've had games where they've looked really good, but then they go out and lose by 21 points to the Indiana Pacers the following night. And I think Atlanta here, um, you know, led by Trey Young, Bogdanovich is going to be there. I think Clint Capella should have a big rebounding night for the uh, Atlanta Hawks in this game. And I think it's going to have to be on the back of Trey Young here. So I agree with you. I think this number is a stretch too high. At plus five and a half, I like the Atlanta Hawks here. And I think you nailed it again, is that if Atlanta's going to win this game, uh, it's going to have to be the, it's going to be the over because they're going to have to put up points to beat this Boston team. And, you know, Boston recently, before the All-Star break, were one of the best uh, defensive-rated teams. Um, 
cooled off a little bit. Like you said, the inconsistency just really scares me, but uh, I will take the Atlanta Hawks here plus the five and a half and a lean towards the over as well in this game. Um, anything else for this game, Zach, before we move on to the next one? No, that's going to be a great one to watch, though. Yeah, 100%. Let's get over to the next game. We have the Brooklyn Nets, who are playing on Monday evening against the same Toronto Raptors in a back-to-back home-and-home situation. Uh, this game is going to be in Toronto, where Toronto has opened up as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, that number... I'm sorry, five and a half point favorite uh, total at 222. The injury report, um, I'll just read off this, the one that is from today as of this morning. Obviously, for the Brooklyn Nets, no Kevin Durant, no Joe Harris. Uh, Kyrie Irving not able to play tonight in um, Brooklyn because of the vaccine mandate. That's supposed to be lifted. I'll get more thoughts on that from you in a second here, uh, Zach. But for the Toronto Raptors, OG Ananobi is out with a ring finger fracture. Uh, Fred Van Vliet is also questionable. I haven't seen an update on him for tonight either. But, Zach, let's he's start with – He's out tonight? Yeah. Okay. Um, Zach, I want to start with the mass or the, the mandate, the vaccine uh, requirement or the mandate that New York City has. Right now we heard the mayor is lifting it as of March 7th, I believe, uh, where public sectors do not – it pretty much it's opening up now. I know you're on the East coast. What have you kind of seen or heard about what the, the mandate is and what's, what's being lifted? Yeah. So it's, I, I don't know too much about it, but it sounds like Kyrie's still not going to be back based on whatever, like I think Woj reported it and then Shams came on top of his report and said, no, it's actually not for like the employers. So he's not going to be back as of March 7th, but there seems to be like a momentum that he will be back at some point. So it does seem like he will be able to play at home in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I know like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the Nets team page on ESPN right now. It's saying Kyrie Nets in a holding pattern um, for now. So it seems like there's some more optimism than there was, um, but it, it, I, he cannot play in the, in the game in Toronto tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean the Nets, Obviously, that was a huge win for them in Milwaukee, uh, and Kyrie was absolutely ridiculous in that game. I mean, that was that was one of those games that's like it makes you realize why other NBA players say they bring up Kyrie Irving's name in the best player in the NBA conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this this game tomorrow, um, six point spread, and I think Fred probably would play tomorrow because he was questionable for tonight and then got held out. Um, OG Ananobi has been on the pine now with this finger injury, seeing a specialist regarding that. So that doesn't look too encouraging. And, you know, just got blown out by 27 by the Hawks. This is the first game for the Raptors with fans back. Um, yeah. That that'll be interesting. Maybe want to put on a show in front of their home crowd. But so much of those handicaps going to factor into what we see tonight. I think the one thing, and we were talking about this offline, was I don't think the bookmakers realize that Kyrie Irving's not able to play in this game because it is in Canada. And I think, you know, we did our background work on it right now. It was said that these players have to be vaccinated to play in Canada. Um, I haven't seen anything. Otherwise I reached out to a couple other people in the SGPN family to kind of confirm it. And I think they kind of said it as well, that they do have to be vaccinated. Um, So this line is probably going to move in favor of Toronto. Once that news has come out, I'm going to lean with the Raptors here, minus the five and a half. Um, being back on their home floor, I don't think Kyrie, from what we're reading, I don't think Kyrie's going to be able to play. 
Um, so this number does seem a little light to me, especially when tonight the number was, I think, minus four. Um, minus That's down to minus three and a half for the Monday night game. With no Fred. With no Fred and back on their home floor. So I think there's a bigger adjustment from being on their home floor and Fred Van Vliet possibly playing in this game. So right now it's a two-point swing. I think it should be close to, what, four, four and a half, you think, Zach? For the from what tonight to meet to tomorrow, yeah, yeah. I'm also having my mind that the the Nets were an eight and a half point dog in Milwaukee with Kyrie. Um, yeah, you know what is that on Saturday Saturday night? night yeah, uh, yeah. And so at you know you take out Kyrie, um, I think people are going to be looking at this uh, this Raptors team as well as maybe a little bit un like depressed right now having kind of blown out by the Hornets and, and the Hawks coming out of the break, you know, third game of the throw a three game road trip to open, get back home to your home fans. I agree. I would lean with the five and a half here. Um, it seems like a really good spot for Toronto um, or six I'm seeing now, but um, I think you're going to get a lot of information tonight. And obviously the Kyrie question. So what, what number would you play this up to for the Toronto Raptors with the Kyrie possibly? I would play this Raptors back. up to seven and a half. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well in this yeah. game. So, uh, but eight or yeah. more probably would hold off. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Uh, thoughts on the total here at two twenty two, kind of leaning towards the over here. Um, yeah, Toronto back on their home floor. Uh, Brooklyn, uh, sorry, Toronto, not a great three point defending team uh, out of the first two games out of the post All Star break. Uh, Brooklyn, you know, even without Kyrie, I think they knocked down some shots. But I think Toronto, this might be a game where Toronto flexes a little bit on offense. So I'll lean towards the over here in this game at two twenty two. Okay, save. Uh, all right, let's get over to the next game. Probably the game of the night here, Zach. We have the Golden State Warriors headed to Minnesota to take on the Timberwolves, where the Timberwolves are a one-point favorite in this game. Um, total at 231. Checking the injury report for this game, uh, we know that Clay Thompson is going to be out again with an illness in this game uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Draymond continues to be out. Andre D- Iguodala continues to be out. I'm sorry. And uh, Joe, Joe, James Wiseman continues to uh, make an injury recovery from uh, the right knee injury that he did suffer. Minnesota, no, um, I'm sorry, no injury report submitted yet. They do play tonight in Cleveland, so they'll be on a back-to-back situation. And as I noted, the Minnesota Timberwolves have not won in back-to-back games uh, since November. So definitely keep an eye on that if they win tonight in Cleveland and have to host the Golden State Warriors tomorrow night, who last night, Zach, blew a, what, I think it was a 20-something point lead in that fourth quarter where Dallas went on a 26-1 to run and uh, won that came back and won that game. But let's start with the side here, Zach. We have the Minnesota Timberwolves minus one hosting the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I would uh, – this This is going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, yeah. Clay out kind of sucks some of the muster out of it. But to me, the Warriors, um, they played well in that Dallas game. I mean, they blew a 21-point lead. But, like, in terms of the, the sample size of that full game, um, they played well enough to – they played well enough over a longer period of time to get up 21 on Dallas, <laughs> if that makes sense. So I'm not too concerned about that loss. Um Although, you know, we, we've mentioned how well Memphis is playing and they're nipping right at their heels. Um, but Golden State minus one, uh, especially with that back-to-back for Memphis, their offense is already sputtering tonight in this Cleveland game. Um, 
they're they're down 15 to 4 right now and you know they they seem like a team that maybe has walked a little bit slow out of the break um after beating Memphis to get blown out by Philly and that was like one of the that felt like a really big game like they were hyping that game up oh James Harden making his debut in Minnesota get crushed a little bit back to earth um and then you know a Cleveland Golden State back to back's not very fun um so at basically a pick 'em here I, I'll take Golden State yeah, I like Golden State in this game as well. Um, I think this is a good <laughs> bounce back. every game. Yeah, so far. Uh, <laughs> I, I Yeah, I think there's a good bounce back spot for them. I mean, they played well for yeah, about, what, three is. and a half quarters there uh, against Dallas, and they just kind of lost a little mustard on offense um, in that fourth quarter. And, you know, I think this is a game where they kind of bounce back, led by Steph Curry. Uh, you know, Jordan Poole should contribute to this game. I think Kevon Looney is going to be very important trying to contain – uh, Carl Anthony Towns. I'm interested to see who's going to be guarding him because you know we know like Carl Anthony Towns like to likes to hang around on the three point line and he's able to knock down that shot. We saw him win the three point contest, but he's a player that can knock down the shot. He can get to the basket at will. So I think Kevon Looney is going to have his hands full with Carl Anthony Towns. But I'm expecting a bounce back here from the uh, from the Golden State Warriors in this game. Um, thoughts on the total here, Zach, at two thirty one. I would lean under here. Um, you know, with without Clay, a little bit less firepower. We saw how low that uh, Mavericks Warriors game went, and the Timberwolves offense hasn't been that good. Uh, only you know getting kind of stopped by Philly, and so far tonight. So I will go with the under there. Yeah, I lean towards the under as well in this game. As much as the Golden State Warriors have rattled off uh, prior to last night games five overs in a row, um, those were against defenses that are not that really good and like we talked about at the top of the show minnesota's defense has improved from year over year so i think that you know this is a game where pat Beverly is going to do whatever he can to uh pester uh steph curry in this game but don't poke the bear too hard because he can go off on you on any second in this game um let's take a quick break here zach we'll come back and then we'll get into the final two games of the tuesday night schedule so we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors there are never enough things to gamble on, and the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. The best part is, now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Don't know anything about horses? Not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly at tracks all over the United States. Get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can even follow them in the app and we can compare our own stats. Download now at StableDuel.com and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. March Madness is around the corner and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. Like Wes from Iowa, who sold a $250, 30-1 Arizona to win the championship ticket for $750 on prop swap. Now is the time to find those Cinderella while the odds and cash out on prop swap when the tourney starts. And when you're making your bets, remember to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to let it ride. 
PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry and download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering tickets based on the best value, a free activity fee to stay in the know when all the big sales, and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And don't forget to download the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, let's get to the final two games of the Tuesday night schedule. We have the LA Clippers in Houston, staying in Houston, as this is the second game in three nights between these two teams. Uh, Clippers are a six and a half point Road favorite here, I believe this is the same line as it was on the Sunday game. Total is at 229.5. Checking the injury report, Kevin Porter Jr. is uh, questionable for this game. Garrison Matthews, who also suffered an ankle injury, is uh, also questionable for this game for the Houston Rockets. For the L.A. Clippers, uh, Norman Powell continues to be out. And that's pretty much it for the Clippers. Uh, Clippers won this game on Sunday, 99-98 in Houston. Flew under the total uh, by about 23 to 25 points. But, Zach, let's start with the side here. Clippers minus six and a half in Houston uh, against the Rockets. Yeah, I I took the Clippers um, in that game. I think it was last night and lost it. But um, nice of them to pull out the win. I think they were down in six or seven going into the fourth quarter, ended up pulling it out. Low-scoring game. But the Clippers didn't even play well. Um, You know, shot – Poorly from three, missed eight free throws, 18 turnovers. Um, you know, they, they absolutely killed the Rockets on the glass, which was interesting. Um, yeah. But they, a, a pretty poor performance for them, especially those 18 turnovers. Um, and still were able to pull out the win. I think this back-to-back spot, like that was basically the game that Houston like won in this back-to-back, if you agree with like the alternating theory, like for um, of, of, of these back-to-back situations. Um, and the Rockets, you know, they seem like they're just kind of tanking out the rest of the season, get, get, uh, get beaten by the magic, you know, fight and then lose this game to the Clippers. Like they're out there for them, but a Clippers team that like, when you get Houston on your schedule, you got to go get it. I think we saw that with them getting the money line win, um, last night. And I think they covered a six and a half in this game. Um, you know, they didn't play well. They got the win. They know they need this, um, and they come out much stronger compared to being, I think they were down 10 at the end of the first quarter in the first game of the series. Yeah. This is already the third game uh, in the last four games that they've played each other, at least for Houston, they played once prior to the all-star break and now coming out of the all-star break, this is a second of meeting of a back-to-back um, situation for them in Houston. So uh, yeah, everything, I mean, you just hit the handicap on the, on the head there that this team, had 18 turnovers last night. I think Zubach was absolutely fantastic in this game. Had a career high in blocks, six blocks in this game. I believe he had 15 rebounds as well in this game for the uh, LA Clippers. Um, and they just didn't shoot the ball well, well in this game. They were 44% from the field, 32% from the three-point line. Also missed eight free throws. Um, I think they did a great job of containing um, uh, Chris Wood in this game as well, did the LA Clippers. And 
No, for all, how ugly of a basketball game this, game this was for the LA Clippers, I think they bounced back here. I got to continue fading this Rockets team because for the Rockets, it, it's pretty much tanking, right? They're trying to secure a top four pick in this upcoming draft. So, um, you know, we don't have expectations of winning very many games. So it'll be competitive maybe for a half or three quarters like there were last night. But again, in that fourth quarter last night, the uh, Clippers outscored the Rockets 25 to 18. So when they really have to clamp down on defense, uh, the Clippers do it, and they've been a great defensive team all season long. And I expect that to continue here tonight on Tuesday night against the Rockets in this game. Um, thoughts on the total here, uh, Zach, 229 and a half. Uh, I, think the, I think the Clippers get off offensively in this game, so maybe a Clippers team total. Um, yeah. I don't know if you think uh, – I know you mentioned that you think the Clippers are going to be able to lock up Houston, so maybe focus on, on the Clippers there. Yeah. I would lean over, I guess, but um, I like I like the Clippers matchup offensively. Um you know, excuse me, I think it's going to be a game where you see the Houston, their kind of lack of focus as a young team kind of come out um, in terms of playing the same team three times in four games, and they have a lot to play for, and, and you don't. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is, right? I think that offensively, I mean, the, the first game before the All-Star break, I believe the Clippers scored 142 against the Houston Rockets uh, in that game. And yeah. again, last they night... They made 18 threes. Yeah, and then last night they were only 11 of 34 from the three-point line. So... um this should improve for them uh, coming into the Tuesday night game. So I think you're right about the uh, Clippers team total in this game. Um, and again, the focus probably not going to be there for the Houston Rockets. Let's get over to the last game of the night, Zach. We have the Dallas Mavericks headed to LA to take on the Lakers, where the Dallas Mavericks had opened up already as a three and a half point favorite. That number's all the way up to minus five already for the Dallas Mavericks in this game. Um, total is at 217 and a half. Uh, checking the injury report for both of these teams for the Los Angeles Lakers, nothing gets submitted, but for the Dallas Mavericks, we have Trey Burke, who's going to be out. Marquise Chris is going to be out. Tim Hardaway Jr. continues to be out. And Frank Nilakina is also out with the right ankle sprain. Theo Penson also out for the Dallas Mavericks, but um, I'll make this one easy. I'm going Dallas minus five. There's no reason right now for you to back this Lakers team. Um, Luca should do Luca things in this game. I'll keep it simple. I'm just fading this Lakers team. You <laughs> don't do it. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Lakers. Oh. <laughs> no, I you know you know all all in good fun. Um, you know I look I my my naturally leans to the home dog that is you know the gonna be the unpopular play. So I I will take the Lakers plus five, but. Not going to try to back it up with numbers because they aren't they aren't out there. Uh, just <laughs> seems like a, a good point. Hopefully LeBron plays. Like that knee stuff was kind of concerning in that Pelicans game, grabbing at it a lot, wincing a lot. Didn't seem to be getting a ton of lift on his jumper. Yeah. Um, but you know, back against the wall. Hopefully Dallas, you know, has a good night in LA. Kind of gets to experience the nightlife. And then uh, <laughs> Lakers plus five. We 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 we, we, we got to disagree on one of these games. So I'm going to go with Lakers plus five here. All right, no problem. Uh, thoughts on the total as we wrap it up here? Uh, two seventeen and a half. I'll go under. Yeah, hundred percent under. I think it's gonna be like a ninety, like the game in the, it's gonna be in the nineties here. Um, but I agree with the under there as well. So I'll take the Dallas in this game, and you're taking the Lakers in this game. A uh, little bit of disagreement as we wrap up the show here. All right, Zach, let's get to our lock and dog. For this um, Tuesday night schedule, I'll let you lead it off, man. Uh, your lock and dog for the night. My lock's going to be the Wizards. Okay. Um, I just like that short number at home. 
Um, and my dog's going to be the Atlanta Hawks plus 195. All right. So for Zach, again, Wizards, lock minus four. The dog is going to be the Atlanta Hawks plus five and a half, plus 195 on the money line. Um, for me, I am going to go with the Toronto Raptors minus call it five and a half play it up to seven and a half in this game um i think the books are probably going to catch on tomorrow that Kyrie is not going to be able to play in this game and hopefully we get fred van vliet back in this game as well for the toronto raptors so give me the raptors minus five and a half played up to seven and a half as my lock for my dog um i also do like the atlanta hawks in this game last time we had a double dog we cashed it fairly easily I do like the Hawks. I'll co-sign that one with you, Zach. But also, I think this number might trickle up for the Warriors a little bit, maybe. Uh, I'll no. take the plus one for the Warriors. And it's not a plus money price on the money line for them. But uh, right now, it's at minus 105. But I'll give out the Atlanta Hawks as well. And then the Warriors in Minnesota tomorrow night. Uh, sorry, on Tuesday night against the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, in that game as well. That'll bring us to the end of it, Zach. Anything else uh, that's kind of caught your eye or anything else we should point out before we get out of here? Uh, nah, uh, going to be a good slate tomorrow. We've got a good slate tonight as well. Uh, this is Monday night. Um, so hopefully some of these uh, some of these plays cash, and it was fun breaking down the games. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so there's the games for Tuesday night, a short six-game schedule. Uh, I will be back with a very special guest for the PropCast on uh tuesday for these tuesday games so definitely look out for that that's going to be a lot of fun um and then i will be back with terrell for the wednesday night games as we continue to grind out the nba gambling podcast for the rest of the season it's been a lot of fun with the crew including zach and just everybody so thank you guys so much for the support and all the ratings and reviews that have given us please keep those rolling in man they, they help us really grow on the show and climb the charts and and put our names out there so without our listeners and and supporters, we would not be here without you. So again, thank you guys so much. Make sure to head over, head over to the website at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. A lot of great stuff happening, a lot of great content between all the active sports and the USFL has been um, kicking ass. They've had an absolute fantastic um the draft was great for them. They had a lot of former players doing interviews and they're doing, I think, a fantasy rankings and leagues and all that good stuff for that. So definitely check that out. And March Madness right around the corner. So if you're not uh, subscribed to or listening to the college experience uh, with Patty C, with Kobe, Nick, Terrell, all part of the crew there, um, make sure to subscribe to them as well as we get closer and closer to March Madness. That being said, you can find Zach at on Twitter at NBA Zach B, right, Zach? Yep. And find me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. Zach and I will be back next week as usual. Till then, good luck with your bets tonight and for the Tuesday night schedule. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it.